Welcome to For What It's Worth, an introduction to and exploration of the furry fandom, now in its 10th glorious season. Wisconsin, Texas. Bananaconda. Only certain cookies can be part of this 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 new regime. Ooh, welcome to my quest womb. Where is the show gone? <laughs> Hey, hey, we're here with an episode of For What It's Worth. This is my amazing intro because I'm terrible at them. How y'all doing? I'm doing great. Hi, everybody. Oh, hi. Yay. I think we got the the whole gang here. (laughs) We got the gang. You guys Uh, all survived Halloween? Uh, for now. (laughs) For now. As of the time of recording, uh, Halloween has not happened yet. We talking about Rue had the best costume. <laughs> the oh, same one costume? he has every year, a cookie? Eat me. Oh. I don't know. I'm just kidding. I see. <laughs> Eat me. <laughs> Never. So, how have you uh have y'all been doing? Sammy, what's uh what's been uh, new with you? Well, as we talk about every episode this half of the season, I am in Act Three of Baldur's Gate. Yay! So, yeah. Still playing Baldur's Gate. Um, As of recording this episode, the FNAF, the FNAF no movie came out. Oh, I won't give spoilers. I'm not that kind of person. Okay. But uh, I dragged Rue along and, and uh, my partner to, to go see it because I was very excited. Oh wait, the movie's out. No, it, was out it next came week. out, it was, it was out on now. Thursday. It came out two days ago, and, and it's it was, so it good. Was good. I mean, it's not uh, like you know, it's not going to win any awards, or it's, you know, I wouldn't call it a top tier horror movie, but <laughs> but being a you know a FNAF fan, I loved it so. I would say go see it. I don't know much about it except that I've seen the the, the production pictures of the uh, the, the the animatronics and holy crap they look good. It was really so uncanny. the animatronics, which yeah. are animatronics and puppets, were they had them made by the Jim Henson company. So yeah, oh, they are that. so well done and they look so Just good top-notch. and. It, I think that's just also what makes it better, knowing that they're actual animatronics that these people are reacting to. You're not staring at, at right. CG garbage. Yeah, it's not a bunch of CG shit. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I'm so tired of everything just, oh, that's that's a monster. Well, it's just going to be CG, so try to make it, you know, sound, Pretend, yeah. look convincing, where it's like... Yeah, your, your, your suspension of disbelief gets harder and harder with more CGI. Yeah. There yeah. was many it's, times it's that annoying. Sammy was like tapping on my shoulder and was like, Rue, Rue, Rue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was good. It was good. I loved it. It was, it was awesome. <laughs> Question for me. I, I, I know incredibly little about FNAF. Um, can a person who knows next to nothing about it still go and enjoy it? Or is this something where like you need to be a deep lore. I would no. say yes because Sammy's no. wife doesn't know hardly anything about SNAF. And um so therefore, you know, she Why do you she call even it came SNAF. SNAF? SNAF? 
Five Nights at Freddy's. It's so much better to say just Five Nights at Freddy's. FNAF. FNAF. So... Okay, so so you can oh, go yeah. to see it. Yeah, even if no, you know like nothing. like he was saying, okay. my 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 partner, my wife is, she loves horror movies. She doesn't really know Five Nights at Freddy's other than what I've info dumped into her brain, um, but she still enjoyed it. So just because it does still have those kind of classic horror movie, you know, things. So, but. Knowing FNAF and knowing like the little things to look for also is good, if you ask me. There was one thing at the very front of the movie. I'm not I'm not spoiling too much, but let's just say that um one of the characters happens to have somewhat of a very similar um career that I have. And <laughs> <laughs> it was it was Which... sure funny to to watch. Kind yeah. of like uh uh, everything everywhere all at once and i've i had some friends that were like irs agents and i'm like uh, so that's what you do for your work right so <laughs> <laughs> anywho but yeah well i guess we we can ask uh what, what you did with your time too because uh you, you were there with fnaf so you've obviously did that what else well i'm preparing to go to a convention so i'll be over at blfc M- most by the time that this releases um BLFC will probably already you will be over, have gone. but yeah. I'm preparing to to get ready, and so therefore, it's just been crazy with work and everything. And uh, BLFC's schedule is a little bit different than what it normally is. Um, they're yeah, they're going to be wonky, doing yeah. a weekday con, which makes it really hard for me because I had to base instead of like being like, oh, I can work a little bit later on you know, Monday and Tuesday to get ready. And then a little bit later when I get back, just so then I can make sure that I get everything done that needs to be get needs to get done. I would still take the same exact amount of time, but it's so much harder to take off a full week in the middle of the week. And, you know, having all these responsibilities and these things that you have to take care of it. It's been a very stressful I'm week. I'm generally surprised they're able to get people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we'll see how it goes. And next time I can give kind of a little bit of a report. But so far, just to say, they, they still have block rooms available. So. Which is it's, unusual. Yeah, it's very unusual. So I am guessing that it's going to be a smaller call. But that's what I've been up to. Click. I want to hear from you. What's been going on? You said that your week's been crazy. Yeah, well, just crazy work. I mean, are we ready for the same old yes. record? Do Playing it. Playing again. What have you been doing? Yay. Work. That's Yay, about it. Responsible. <laughs> <laughs> I I actually downloaded the new City Skylines game a week oh. ago, and I haven't been able to Aww. touch it. It looks gorgeous. So City Skylines <laughs> it, it looks too? great. Too, yeah. Just, you know, I mean, it, you know, people are complaining because the performance is terrible. But again, I I have no reference. I haven't been able to play it, so I can't. I can't say one way or the well, other. Well, hopefully you can play some this weekend, or hopefully soon. That's what I'm planning. But yeah, other than that, just yeah, you know, I've been working, trying to catch up, and we're company acquisitions and mergers and stressing me out and 
ripping hair and, you know, that kind of thing. Isn't being older fun? <laughs> I don't like adulting. Isn't, isn't this so much better than being uh, 16? <laughs> if I, I could just, like, uh, do my 20s again with the knowledge I have now, I, I'd be happy. Yeah, right. Well, there's that expression that youth is wasted yeah. on the young. Exactly. I in my life. Well, I can't say I can't say mine was wasted. I had a hell of a good time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just I, I sucks now. Mine. I'm pretty. I happy thought with mine. in my adult life that I was like, oh, things are stressful. Things will get better, and then more. You get longer into your adult life, and you're like, uh, uh-uh. uh, things are even more stressful. <laughs> This doesn't uh, work. You just get more and more responsibilities, and they're like, oh, you can handle that. You handled that before. You're good, right? And it's like, wait, there's a certain point in time where it's like I can't duplicate myself, and you're just always stressed. Ah. Anywho. We should make an episode out of this. And thank you for crank- really thank, thank you for listening to the cranky cranky old people complaining yeah, we, podcast. We should just be the gray muzzle cast. How to I deal think. with deal with cast. stress yeah. and getting people off uh. of your lawn. Yep. The gray the gray muzzles. <laughs> hey boss. Hey, hey boss. Knock 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 knock. Boss. What what what, what have you been what? up to? Uh, same with Flick, dealing with all of that stress, but then I also have school to contend with, and I'm about to come and make all of your lives very more uncomfortable by de- running tests Yay! on you. Woo! <laughs> Is that what you're going to be for Halloween? I'm a psychologist. I'm used to that. Is you're going to um come, well, that... in, come in a doctor's outfit and do tests on us? Oh, in my. a way. <laughs> You should have to pay for the doctor's right? outfit. I mean, that's, that's just no, fun. Oh, no, yeah, you're going to get billed. <laughs> uh, you in my network? Even in Canada? <laughs> yeah. Your yeah. insurance might cover it. We'll see. Remote oh, health care. Oh <laughs> what about you, Nuka? I thought, I thought the Canadian government covered that. Uh, for me, <laughs> um, mostly I've been... Uh, uh, I said back you know, months ago that we were going to have the first science book done. Uh, hopefully in August. It is now uh, October going into November, but it is finally Woo! about to be done. The, the The book is back from the editor. I'm just uh, I have to, I'm basically reading it one last time just to make sure that there's nothing nothing has been changed by the editor. But I'm about three quarters of the way done. As soon as it's done, it just needs to be formatted. We slap the cover art on it, and it's uh, good to go. So in the next few weeks, it will be up on Amazon, people to get. So. Uh, I'll make a big deal about that when that comes out. But that's that's exciting. Seeing this book and being like, "Holy crap, yeah. it's a book!" Uh, is pretty exciting. It's an actual tangible thing, right? And then and then beyond that, I've been complaining to you guys behind the scenes. Uh, I got well, it's a good kind of complaint. I got a, a new computer, a beast yes. of a computer, and uh, she, you she's get? huge. You get? She's a big girl. She give me uh, the details. I'll send you the details later because I'm I'm really bad with ah. all the numbers and specs. She's, <laughs> I can say she costs three thousand dollars. Canadian just for the or American stuff in it. So, so Canadian, so about uh, twenty two, yeah. twenty three hundred. Okay, American. that that's, that typically gets you a good one yeah. these days. But you get, yeah. I don't know, computer Com- things. <laughs> it's uh, the the full build is if you go on PC Master Race, the the builders like like the 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 builds there. Um, there's a bunch of tiers of builds minus the second highest yeah. tier. 
it's the 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 one for people who don't want to break the bank and buy the best here, but still want a pretty good computer. All all, so. all Nuka is like, all I need is computer to go brr. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, this thing goes brr. It's got thirteen fans in it. So, wow. Yeah. When it, when it when it when it revs up, it sounds like a jet engine. I didn't I even it. know that there was a website <laughs> called PC Master Race. That is hilarious. Me neither, yeah. honestly. <laughs> Well, and it's it's uh, but it's got uh, if you look at the bill, it's basically a whole bunch of Reddit nerds uh, sort of get together and say, okay, if you were to give me fifteen hundred bucks, what's the best PC I oh. can make with that? Or if you wanted a PC that focuses mainly on streaming, what's and so it's 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 the the combination of all this Reddit knowledge going into, you know, picking a a, a good PC for people like me who don't, who are worried about like, oh, I'm going to pick a motherboard that's incompatible with my uh, uh, graphics card or whatever. So uh, I followed theirs, and holy crap, it's this thing screams, and I love it. That's awesome. That's actually a really good, like, that's a really good resource because of that thing. Because when I was building mine, that was most of the time is going, okay, if I get this board, I can get this chip, and I can get this card, and I can get this. Okay, well, that ain't going to work. So, yeah, that's an awesome. awesome Oh, I 100% recommend it. I have been nothing but happy with this. uh, So, Nuka. Uh, with yes. your old computer before you got rid of it, did you clear out its cookies? I, I, oh, I see what yeah. you did there. I see what you did there. Speaking of <laughs> which, don't, I have don't a put cookie. your cookies in the computer, Rue. Oh, what? Don't put your cookies in the computer. Is that why my computer's been running slow? Probably. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here's the cookie of the day. Break free from the chains of the status quo in bed with the cookie. Welcome back. So we've got a, a fun topic today. Uh, I think Nuka's kind of been racking his brain on this one the last little bit. So Nuka, what are we what are we talking about today? Yeah, so this is an idea that I've been bouncing around in my own research for a while. Uh, and when I do my research on, on fan cultures and stuff, I do a bunch of reading. This, this is just juicy for a topic. So we're talking about uh canon versus fanon so canon content for those who don't know this is like if you watch uh a, a tv show you know the, the the stuff that actually happens in the show is the canon fanon or fan made content is all the extra stuff so um to sort of give you an example of of why this is interesting to me or where the sort of issues pertaining to fandom and canon come up uh one of the early examples of fan fiction for those who may not know comes out of the Star Trek series. So like the original, original Star Trek. And it was a bunch of uh, women who watched, you know, the 1960s, 1970s Star Trek. And they would write fan fiction, erotic <laughs> fan fiction, where they shipped Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock together. Uh... And so this is some of the, some of the very first fan fiction came out of that. So right out of the gate, it was smutty. <laughs> so I've got to uh... say this. I've got to say this. Mm-hmm. Fan fiction was created by Yowie fans. And yeah. I love it. I'm here for it. 
<laughs> I am also a hardcore Yaoi fan, so it's fantastic. <laughs> but to, 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 and to help to contextualize a little bit more, so that's, one, that's one example I want to give just to kind of plant that seed in your mind. The other one, and where I think there's some more interesting conversations to be had, uh, comes from, if you're a Star Wars fan, um, the relationship that fans have with George Lucas. I guess he's, he's now sold it to Disney, but prior to that, there was this very interesting dynamic between George Lucas and his fans where uh, you had these fans of the Star Wars series for, you know, four, five, and six. They were there for him. They, they loved the movies. And then um, he came out with episodes one, two, and three, the prequel trilogy, and fans bristled at it because uh, there was a huge gap between the time four, five, six, and one, two, three came out. And in all that time, fans had come up with, hey, you know, all this fan fiction for here's the backstory of Vader and they came up with this very elaborate universe, and then George Lucas kind of wrecked it all. They would they would say he kind of wrecked it all by coming out with the prequel trilogies that didn't at all jive with how they saw it happening. And so there was this tension between you know George Lucas is ruining our Star Wars, which is kind of paradoxical because I mean, George Lucas was Star Wars. And so I guess that's that's what I want to talk about today. You know, is how we think about fan fiction and fan made content the lines between the creators and the fans and where are those lines? Um, I, I'm hoping that's interesting to folks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, it's like, that makes me giggle that, you know, fan fiction was basically started by Yaoi fans. And I've always been, ever since I got, like, was getting in anime and stuff and all of that when I was a young teenager, uh, I've always been a consumer of the fan fanon stuff, and that's how I would get into things more. Because with with the canon worlds, yes, you do get a lot of really good things that are created by the creators, but they can only show or you know can only produce so much of of that. So being able to you know kind of flesh it out in your own mind I think is is always fun. I know that there's a lot of argue uh, I don't know if I want to say argument but back and forth with creators. I've seen it on both ends where some creators are like don't mess with my shit. This is mine. You know, yes, you're it's there for your consumption, but if you make something that is not within this parameter that I've set, then you're wrong. And then there's also, I've also seen creators that are like, yeah, no, go for it. Have fun. This is just as much for you as it well, is for me. Like, I just got to make there it. There are some that have, that have taken fan content and actually made it canon. Yeah. I can't think of any specific examples. Well, but... I know uh, a good example, uh, My Little Pony. So um, it's not quite not quite that, but with My Little Pony, for those who are in the know, for the bronies there, uh, Derpy Hoots is a, a really oh, good yeah. example. She was an animation error initially. She was kind of a, a, a oopsie by an animator, and she, it's this character in the background who had kind of a wall-eyed, goofy sort of look with the eyes. And fans just absolutely loved this character, and she became like a fan-favorite character. And so based on the love for this character... The, the animators kept finding excuses to sort of write her into the background of scenes. Not quite the same thing. Um, 
but yeah, yeah. It's his idea. <laughs> no, I remember that though, because everybody was like, ah, oh, you know, was nobody. I feel like of the people that I knew, nobody w- thought of it as like a animation. Oh, they didn't fix it, kind of thing. It was like a oh, that was look at this interesting character. Yeah, yeah, and I think also with the time frame that it was coming around, like the derp kind of memes and things like that were were what was about. And that also makes me think of so for a very recent um kind of fan influence for that in Baldur's Gate 3 in Act 2 uh you meet or can meet a a cat and you know if you're like me and you have speak with animals so you go talk with all the animals um but you can meet a cat and upon the release of the game the cat was a hairless cat like a sphinx cat and everybody was posting videos you know people posting clips about it and their things about the game and the creators realized larian was like that cat was supposed to have fur he was he wasn't <laughs> supposed to be a sphinx <laughs> that was an error so on like one of the first patches they did oh no they, they put fur on it they rehaired him he they referred him to what he was supposed to be and everyone got upset. And then everybody was like, no, we loved him being hairless. Like, it worked for, like, the cat's personality. Oh. So then they repatched it and took his hair away. So, I mean, that is, like, you know, the fans were, were saying, no, we like that. That's, that's the cat we know. We don't want the other one. Well, I guess before we jump into to conflict, I guess maybe I started in maybe the wrong spot by pointing with conflict. Let's, let's more broadly talk about, like, Benefits and drawbacks to fandom. Because you already kind of tapped into one, Sammy, this idea that um, when you have fan-made content, you can do so much more than could initially be done. So to go back to the the Star Trek example, um, you know, at, at the time on TV, right, sex, you know, homosexuality was not a thing that you could really show on a, on a mainstream TV show. Um, and so and even in Star Trek, Star Trek is a largely sexless universe. Um, you know, it's, it's not, it's everything at most is kind of implied, but it's not super, super, you know, you can't delve into those kinds of things on the show. And so you can make characters more three-dimensional, I think, by, by being able to allow fans to kind of take these characters as a starting place and build out and explore more things in these characters than could be covered at the time. Yeah, for sure. And that's, well, you're, you're talking about the difference of you know, the creativity of one person or a small team of people versus hundreds of thousands of thousands, you know, there's, there's a lot of very creative people out there. Mm, I have an example. So, um, in one of the recent movies, uh, let's see, I think it was the into the spider verse. Is that the second movie? I think that's what it is. Yeah, this is, right? the, the, this is two. I don't remember, remember the, which one is which. The yeah. second Spider-Man animated Spider-Man movie. Yeah, this Anywho, Into the Spider-Verse the, and the other one. Yeah. They had uh, basically <laughs> a fan that created a, a great big huge like Lego scene. Like oh, they took right, right, like right. the the trailer that was that was made or released and he redid it but he used just Lego. And 
they the people that that saw what he did reached out to him and said, "Hey, we want to add your stuff into the movie. We want you to create a a portion a, a Lego portion of of into the Spider-Verse or or whatever. A Spider-Man world out of Lego." And and because of his fan-made stuff, it ended up becoming canon. So what's it's funny you mentioned another example. It's funny you mentioned that because you you just reminded me now that uh, My Little Pony Generation Four that was exactly what it was. So for those who don't know, sorry, I'm going to talk about My Little Pony a lot because that's the one I'm most familiar with. <laughs> oh no! Um, but uh, uh, Lauren Faust, the 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 creator of of, of the show or of Gen Four. Um, she was a My Little Pony fan, like the original My Little Pony series. She was a huge fan of that. But she, as the story goes, if I recall correctly, like she, she would create her own stories and stuff with the characters. And that was kind of the impetus or the, the motivation decades later for her to write Generation 4 the way it was. So that, that's another example of a fan of the show spinning off and coming up with their own stuff that would eventually sort of become canon years later. Well, thinking about it, like, just kind of going back and forth, because we're talking about, you know, early, early days, you know, original Star Trek, original Star Wars, things like that. And now, I think the other thing that may come in play is also just the length of things have been around. Because, you know, back when... TV and movies and all that were becoming a thing. You know, people would watch, you could watch, but you only had so much to go off of. And as yeah. things lasted, became longer, you know, you had these multi season running shows and things like that. People had more ability to. There's more know, source material. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's more things to work off of. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say with that, but. I don't know, it just seems it just seems now it's easier to see fan content uh as a more like it's expected. Yeah. Like if you have a show and there isn't fan content of it, there's something wrong with that show. Almost. <laughs> it's it's just not quite yeah, that popular. like like if it doesn't have a lot of content then it probably isn't you know people don't watch it or don't engage in it in it in some way well uh, the, yeah well no nobody cares enough to to try and come up exactly. with stories yeah i think it's about immersion right so i i can tell you having never seen a single episode of stranger things just by the way people talk about it and get sucked into that story i would bet a hundred bucks right now that there is a ton of Stranger Things <laughs> fan fiction and, um, and fan-made content. There's, let's see, on AO3, which is Archive of Our Own, which is, at the moment, the current fan fiction hub yeah. of where everything gets posted. The last I looked, I think there's about 90,000 Stranger <laughs> Things stories. Called it. Yeah. Um, but... But then you get things like I don't know, like supernatural. When you're over a hundred thousand, <laughs> yeah, that that was another big one. But it, it, immersion is a really big part of it because uh, I mean, go back to the the sitcoms of like the 1990s. I mean, 
I don't think anyone was really dying to make like a, a family matters or full house, uh, you know, fan fiction, right? Because it was kind of. Oh my goodness, you have no idea. <laughs> I know that it exists. Oh no. Like, I know that <laughs> there you are do, full, full oh, house. No. Like, Uncle Jesse, there's tons. No. There's tons oh, of stuff. All right, I stand corrected. I, I know because I watched a documentary oh, about God. like Full House and Fuller House, and there there was a lot. Okay, okay. so even within that time, wow, that kind of falls into one of those, you know, just because you can, should you? Fair. <laughs> well, I I have a point that I want to point out. Sure. I look. Here's maybe like me throwing a wrench in all of this, but. You know, there's a lot of times that people talk about not copying other people, not copying other artists. Don't use their particular format. Don't use the likeness mm. of of certain things. But you know, people are 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 trying to learn, and they're they're trying to like draw certain things and 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 use different things as inspiration. And um, isn't this that we've been talking about? a form of appropriation isn't this a form of like basically you know taking somebody's idea and using it as your own i'll i'll do you one better i'll actually tell you the academic term for it <laughs> so the uh the academic scholar henry jenkins uh coined the term textual poaching when he talked about uh these these star trek fan fiction writers so this was poaching technically it was taking content that was not technically there like these are not their characters this is not something they have the rights to but they're creating content for it. and and you really can't get around the fact that you're you're kind of right it's hard to avoid the fact that technically you are to some extent you know violating copyright or you know the the question is is it justified so fans of you know longtime fans of a show will say like well you know i spent thousands of dollars as a fan of the show i spent hundreds of hours on the show like i'm super invested in it so you know i i i sort of have at least some right to be allowed to to generate you know uh my own fan content of this oh just so that you know i'm all for appropriation <laughs> i i 100 feel like hey if somebody can create a better will by using the existing will and figuring out how to make a better one I say go for it. You know, if you're able to create a story based upon somebody else's ideas and you make something that's even more amazing, that's even better, or I don't know, like, for example, that video game that was created for uh, My Little Pony fans. Do you remember that game? Yeah. Why did it play? Yeah, I that, heard about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was super, super, super popular. Yeah. Fighter, fighting is magic. I think that that was perfectly fine. And a lot of a lot of fans of um, MLP absolutely enjoyed that. And then what happened is they were basically served with a cease and desist. Well, you get into, you get into tricky spaces because there's, there's a difference. Legally, this is illegal. Like, legally, they, they don't own the copyright. And so if you want to just play the, the is it right card and only use the, the legal argument, then it is wrong. Full stop. It is, you know, it, it is wrong. You are using someone else's property. So that argument is a full stop. It's illegal, period. However, right, others will say, well, there are times where it's justified. Uh, I'll give you a really good example here. Um, abandonware. If you're familiar with the term abandonware, 
Mm-hmm. Um, there are, are video games and, and software where the, the, the people who created the game stopped patching it. They stopped caring about it. They moved on to other projects. And so the game is just kind of out there now. And it's, it's never going to get another patch. It's never going to get another mod. And yet fans don't want this game to die. They're like, well, what about us? So Fallout 2 is a classic example of this, where fans patched it and added so much extra content to it and, and spun off with it and did a whole bunch of stuff with it. And their, their argument was, well, yeah, this isn't our game. We didn't create it, but we're hugely dedicated to it. We love this game and like nothing else is coming. Like the, the creators of the game have moved on to other stuff. So we're never going to get more of this. So why, why can't we play with it? Why can't we do something with it? Right. So I, 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 I'm kind of straddling the line here and just kind of saying, I'm not, I'm not going to weigh in on what's, what's right or wrong here, except to say that the justification among some is that there are, you know, there are justifiable times when it should be okay to do this. So that makes me think of something. So I've kind of got an example. And the way I kind of see that is, um, I feel like a lot of that comes to if people are making money off of it. Yeah. Um. So like right. if you've got an old game, so I've got an old game that I love to play that was for, you know, I think it was originally released for, like, Windows XP or something. Um, Caesar 3. It's an oh, old good game. Good yeah, game. I love that game. I played it when I was younger, and I, I love it. It is available on Steam. But it is a, you know, it's an old game. It has not had any patches or anything like that in any kind of recent years. But in the same idea is people who love the game and want to make sure it stays running on modern systems have created patches and fixes and things to make sure that it does run. Like, I can run it without those patches. I I just can't. My computer does not like it as it's. So even though it's on Steam and I got it, the copy off of Steam... So I still paid for it. Yeah. But I can only run it with these patches from these fans. So you know, but right. the patches well, are free. I'm but not there's, they're they're just there's that being difference available. Right. You know, there's 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 definitely a distinct difference between taking something that already exists and keeping it the actual product alive. Versus, I like these licensed characters, so I'm going to create my own game and then charge yeah. for it. Well, so here, okay, so here, here's another gray zone then. So we'll go back to My Little Pony. Um, my Little Pony Generation 4, <laughs> sorry. Uh, sorry to everyone who hates bronies. Uh, this is not the episode for you. Well, um, that's their problem. Yeah. Uh, so, God, you're so <laughs> Canadian. So, so Generation 4 My Little Pony is done, right? So for those who don't know, the show has ended. It's been over for a few years now, right? So again, if you're a diehard fan of the series, there there's never going to be another episode of My Little Pony Gen 4. That's done. There there will never be official Hasbro merchandise with these characters. Well, at least not in the foreseeable future, right? They've moved on. They're on Gen 5. Yeah. So now if you're an artist and you're you say, okay, well, I'm an artist and I specialize in doing this kind of work. I can uh, you know, draw the, the sh- in, in the show style, or I can do something very close, and I, I love these characters. Um, so support me on Patreon, right? So that, how about that? So this is a person who's making their living drawing 
characters in someone else's style, but they're making a living off of that, you know. And, and again, my inclination is that that seems fine to me. But from like a, a technical word of the law, someone could come back and say, well, hold on a second. Those aren't your characters. That's not your property. So you can see at least what a murky gray zone you get into sometimes with this stuff. Yeah, it's it's yeah. just like like, for example, when I went to school, we learned we had a lovely, lovely, lovely class. My professor talked about appropriation and he talked a little bit about this artist that what he would do is he would go into a museum and he would take pictures of other people's art and then he would sell a book that had all of that art and he would not credit any of the artists whatsoever. And it was put into a court of law um, and basically what happened is it was deemed that he was taking, his art was taking a photograph of art. And it was determined that it was different, even though that, I mean, like, for example, the, the tomato soup painting, if you oh, know Warhol, what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, that was painted. And, you know, that's another symbol or form of appropriation. Now, do I feel like going up and taking a picture of somebody else's art and then claiming it as your own that that's OK? No, <laughs> I think that that's absolutely dumb. Well, but. but that's the thing is he wasn't claiming it as like he I don't know yeah it's really weird and it's really gray because he wasn't claiming the art as his own just the book so but yeah it's really weird technical I think we're kind of falling into yeah. copyright yeah now. and, and I don't are, want this but... to turn just into a discussion on copyright law that's its own separate conversation I, I, to me, the one that just boils my noodle, I go so back and forth on this. So imagine you're George Lucas, right? You, you, you've created Star Wars, and then you've decided, I'm going to make this prequel trilogy, right? And you, you, you had this vision for what the prequels are going to look like. In your head, Darth Vader is a character you've created, and you've decided, here's his backstory, his origin story. And then your entire fan base says, no, Mr. Lucas, we're not going to let you do this to Darth Vader. Who's in the right there? Because it, you know, so so the millions of people who say, George, you know, we, you know, uh, we spent the last twenty years living and breathing Star Wars, and and so, and all of us collectively don't want to see you run this into the ground. There was this belief that George Lucas is killing uh, uh, Star. Wars. And again, if you think I'm being exaggerating, <laughs> they made a documentary called "The People versus George Lucas." Like this is how seriously fans took this. And I guess I, I just sort of like where, you know, does does a content creator who creates this, you know, this content that has this huge following, does a content creator have the right to run their creation into the ground? You know, and obviously I think they do, but, you know, you can also kind of see where fans are coming from saying like this thing that's been an important part of all of our lives. We built a community around this and one person is about to destroy it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, well, yeah. so. A, a better example with the Star Wars thing, the the prequels were, yeah. you're you're right to an extent. The prequels were a disaster, but people hated them more because everything went digital and and yeah, he tweaked the story. But a better example, if you want to really dive into the Star Wars thing, is the last one. Oh, the that sequel they just trilogy made yeah. after Disney got a hold of it. Because so you got to figure after four, five, and six came out originally in the seventies, there has been thousands of books yep. 
written about the what happens the after post right the post empire strikes back or the post return of the jedi universe right what happens to everybody where do they go what do they do i've read hundreds of them you know there's like i said there's thousands of books out there well the problem is these books all these writers i i they they somehow meshed like all their universes actually worked together. They were consistent fans. So <laughs> there right. There was such a huge universe of this what happens after the movies uh, you know, situation. So then when Disney came out with their movies and they were absolutely nothing like the books, everybody. So what got do we do with all the thousands and thousands of books worth of content that we made? It's all yeah. Right, there's so much great content, and it all jives, and it 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 felt so much, it feels so much like canon that everybody thinks it should be. So when they came out with these these put these other movies, and it was absolutely nothing like anybody had in their heads, or any of the books depicted, or any of the stories that people lived through these books for years and years. And it just it yeah, that's that's really a good example of the the whole fandom made versus canon is you know, people started taking this stuff as canon and then when the official company came out and made a movie that was nothing like it, it really and pissed again, everybody legally off. Disney had every right to do so and legally you could say, Well, Disney's the only one that gets to make that choice, but you can you can see where fans are coming from is the is the point. Yeah. Right, right. But I, I feel like that there's a happy, happy medium. I mean, if if somebody creates a light bulb and says, this is the light bulb and this is how the light bulb is going to be and continue to say, hey, this is what the light bulb is. And then uh, there's other people that come around and say, no, this is what the light bulb is. And I think it's great that they are able to create this other sort of light bulb but then if the original maker comes in and says, hey, I've updated my original light bulb to something else, they should be allowed to do that as well. They should. You know, one very specific and personal example <laughs> for me <laughs> was when, uh, when Disney Plus came out with the book of Boba Fett. Right, the streaming. Oh show. my goodness! You mean the book of Mandalorian I, season two? Right. Well, Wait, there's a lot of yeah. A lot of people hated it for a lot of reasons. I watched the first 15 minutes of the first episode and never watched another one because, as far as I'm concerned, that's not how that story yep. started. There's a book out there about how that happened, and and like I said, in my head, the book is the way it works, and not the way they depicted it. Which, like you said, it's their property. They have every right to do what they want with it. But I just, I couldn't, I couldn't get past it. And to to listeners who are saying, well, okay, you're you're talking about uh, Star Wars and Star Trek. What does this have to furry? To to, to pull it back to furry, uh, I would challenge that a non-trivial amount of the furry fandom is full of fan-made content. How many people have personas that are inspired by? Zootopia, The Lion King, Sonic the Hedgehog, Pokemon, Digimon, right? Like you, you, you name the series, and 
uh, furries are pretty, we're pretty shameless in saying, you know, I'll, I'll take this and I'm going to do something with it. Right. And, and this is going to be my little sandbox to play in. So, um, you know, we may not have a high profile example like Star Wars, but I think deep down, these kinds of conversations are conversations that uh, furries have sort of figured out how to navigate or, or maybe they're still negotiating because, yeah, these these issues do have we, we regularly poach from uh, from mainstream content. Well, and it's not just mainstream content. It's also each other. Mm. You know, you have Dutch Angel Dragons, you have Sergals, you have. You know, one particular person created this particular species, and then other people were like, yeah, that's what I am. So it's, I think that that's somewhat similar uh, as well. Right. Well, we could get into yeah. a whole conversation. Because I'm like, I could argue, I could argue species. that one, but maybe we can do that on the, on the second half. Um, yeah, let's take a break. I think that'd right. be a good place to take a break. Um, we'll. I'll go have a quick break and we'll be back in just a little bit with the second half of the show. There once was a ship that put to sea And the name of the ship was the belly of tea The winds blew hard, her bow dick down Oh, blow me, bully boys, blow Soon may the wellerman come To bring us sugar and tea and rum One day when the tonguing is done We'll take our leave and go She had not been two weeks from shore When down on her a right whale bore The captain called all hands and swore He'd take that whale in tow Soon may the wellerman come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. Before the boat had hit the water, the whale's tail came up and caught her. All heads to the side harpooned and fought her when she dived down low. Soon may the wellerman come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. Soon may the wellerman come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. No line was cut, no whale was freed, and the captain's mind was not on greed. But he belonged to the whaleman's creed, she took that ship in tow. Soon may the wellerman come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. May the wellerman come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tonguing is done, we'll take our leave and go. <laughs> wow, that was an interesting break. <laughs> You're yeah, welcome. That, that was interesting. That was very interesting. <laughs> all, all I'll say is Little House on the Prairie. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. They were talking about fanfics on Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> ah, they exist. Remember, wow. guys, remember, guys, rule 34, 34. is a thing for a, a reason. <laughs> so I, I think, you know, um, we sort of started off by talking about potential like like conflicts between content creators and content, uh, I guess, consumers or fans. Uh, but I guess I want to step back. We sort of touched on it already, but I want to touch a bit more on this idea of sort of the, the benefits. Why would someone, if I'm trying to make the case for fan made content, what's What's the benefit of it, right? If I'm a big Star Wars fan or if I'm a big Lion King fan or Sonic fan, what what's the argument pitched to me 
why I should consider looking outside of canon content. What am I going to get from fan made content? Because Sammy, you said that you watch, you read a lot of fan fiction. Uh, I think click yeah, I click had mentioned uh, start Star Wars, obviously a very big deal. So sell me on this idea. Convince me. What do you get out of this additional content? What's Convince the benefit of it? Convince me as well, because I don't understand it. That's not true, <laughs> but sure. Um, for me, a lot of the time, it is... It's like I say, we were saying before, was getting to see the characters in sometimes a more robust way, or even just a different way. Um. Yes, I, I, I do. I am a shipper. I do fall in the realm of of shipping. So, a lot of what I look for is shipping content. Uh. So what shipping? Rue. <sighs> well, actually, I'm it's a, it's curious a too because you say Fine. I'm a shipper, and to me, that means you you know, put boxes together and send them to the mail. <laughs> I mean, I do that too sometimes, but that's a different kind of shipping. So I don't know if there's an official term. I guess I could look. But shipping is a easy way of saying, relate. you know, a relationship. So you have characters that you're like no I don't like that relationship that they had in the show and I will put them in a different relationship or I like that relationship that was in the show and I want to play with that more or explore it more kind of thing Archie should have wound up with Betty not Veronica (laughs) (laughs) yeah that Uh, it's funny talking about shipping if we want to just say a little bit uh, again on how fan-made content can get back to the creators and they will sometimes react in certain ways. There was, I don't know like how Rule many 34 of you... stuff? No. Oh. Well, with what I'm talking about, I don't know how many of you know or watched Steven Universe. Um, but it's on my to watch list, but I haven't watched it yet. It's it, well, a it's a very very good show, but at at some point in the show, a little later in the show, the creators kind of did this. It's really subtle if you're if you're not part of that that part of the fandom, is they did this like subtle of no these characters will never be together kind of thing. Because the people were shipping them and wanted... oh, as a response to shippers, yeah, okay. and they were like, "Oh, they these two should be in relationship, and you know they should be together." And the the creators were like, "No, these these two aren't gonna be together." So it's it's just one of those things where most creators know that this stuff happens; they're aware well, some, of it, and sometimes they bait it right. So the Sherlock, um, the Sherlock fandom is kind of famous ha! for this. <laughs> That was hilarious. What? what? Oh, I, what you're talking about? Like, okay, I know okay, exactly. Oh, you know, you know. Yeah, I, yeah, I thought he said something. I know. Weird. I yeah, was like, what? that's no, such a sarcastic no, no. laugh. Like, I, I know exactly what you're you know talking where I'm going about. With this. Yeah, you're you're talking about the episode that they ended up like that they, they they stopped for a long period of time, and they knew that they were coming back, 
And basically what they did is they took all, like a whole bunch of theories. And when they came back on like, they basically used a bunch of, of, uh, of people's theories of what was going to happen. And Sherlock was like sitting there like it, it could have happened this way. And it showed like it it played it out. So it was, it was super funny. So that actually, that actually wasn't what I was thinking, but that was very funny. I do know what you're talking about there. Yeah. Where where it was sort of playing off of fan theories and throwing it back in the face of fans. What I was actually thinking about was um, the, they gay bait with Moriarty. So they they use this character of Moriarty and they they uh, queer code him and they make him out to be like you know he they 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 very strongly imply that he's like romantically interested in Sherlock or, or he's he's always like kind of flirty with the character of Sherlock and, and and so when when you see that sort of thing you can't be surprised when a lot of fans write fan fiction of <laughs> this character and Sherlock together right um, so sometimes they they deliberately do it yeah the same. The same thing happened with Supernatural. Um, there was a lot of. Um, I I get I'm gonna say it was unintentional on the creators' parts uh, with just how they ended up writing the show. But there was a lot of what people say was was baiting with Dean and Castiel. So. Whether or not that was intentional, I don't, I don't know. But that is definitely something where hmm, sometimes having that power to be like, I see you and I see what you're doing and I'm going to do it this way just to make you upset is, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't <laughs> like that. Well, and other than the relationship side of everything is, you know, it, fan fiction creates to use the coin term, an expanded universe. I mm-hmm. mean, and it works with all of them. It's not just a, you know, Star Wars, Star Trek thing. It it opens up the world of, of where these characters come from. And like I said, there's there's a lot of very creative people out there that that can come up with these situations and stories that, that like Sammy said, just fleshes out the characters and, and makes their world so much bigger. And adds, I think, adds things that make them more uh, immersive. So uh, LGBTQ representation is a really important part of this, uh, you know, in a very heteronormative kind of world where there's not, you know, oftentimes you'll watch your favorite show. And if you're gay, you might not see a gay character. If you're trans, you might not see a trans character. And so being able to rewrite canonical characters and say, well, what if they were gay, right? Or, well, it, they never directly comment on this person's sexual orientation, so maybe they are gay. And so that allows people, I think, to be able to, uh, identify more with these characters or t- turn these characters into uh, queer icons that they can sort of identify with within these shows. I think that makes a show more immersive when you can say, oh, I have something in common with this main character. Yeah, it, it helps the relatability for sure. Mm-hmm. I also, uh, to, to speak to your point as well, you were talking about expanded universes, not just expanded universes, but also crossovers. One of my favorite fan fictions to the point where I actually bought a physical copy of it, and it's like gigantic. Uh, it's called Fallout Equestria, <laughs> and it's what happens when you smash together the My Little Pony universe with the Fallout universe. Two of my favorite franchises, <laughs> and it it sounds on paper like it shouldn't work. It sounds like what what does this brutal post apocalyptic world have to do with the magical 
world of Equestria, and yet somehow it works, and it's incredibly popular. Like it, as a as its own little Fallout My Little Pony themed crossover, it's big enough that even within the Fallout Equestria universe, there are now spinoffs and people you know who do Fallout Equestria fan fiction, like fan fiction based on. So there's now like a quote unquote canon Fallout Equestria, which itself is a uh, uh, a fan made universe based on this crossover so i think if you're a fan of multiple different shows it kind of makes sense you'd want to smash together your two favorite two shows favorites. who wouldn't want to do that well a good mainstream example of that i think i'm i'm not 100 percent sure so i may be wrong but i think that the original comics that put alien and predator together oh yeah were basically a fanfic com- you know comics are kind of fanfic anyway mm-hmm. but that's where it started and then it became canon yeah, they made predator, movies yeah. and now it's actually canon that aliens and predators are in the same universe mm-hmm. and i mean how many fan uh to, to go back to star trek and star wars how many fans have have had the argument who would win in a fight right the 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 enterprise or the millennium falcon <laughs> or yeah the star <laughs> right. destroyer versus the enterprise right uh you, you like these two different shows like well why wouldn't we put them together Right, and I think you 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 it makes a uh, uh it make it just adds more content for for fans to to play around with and to engage with. I love Star Wars: The Next Generation. It's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also uh, I guess we're talking about benefits, but I guess there's also drawbacks to it too. Um, you know, so so when you when you sort of open up or, or when it gets opened up to to I mean, we we there's the the sort of joke. I mean, whenever you talk about shipping, people kind of cringe a little bit. It's, oh, you're a shipper. Oh, you know. So I think fan fiction kind of gets this this negative connotation uh, and fan content in general kind of gets a negative connotation, not just because of the perceived poaching, but also sometimes people do some pretty cringe things or some pretty like distasteful things with <laughs> right. these shows. When, when does it go too far and become bad fanfic? Yeah, or I, 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 in laughably bad ways sometimes and also in like ways that are like actually kind of upsetting or bothersome, right? So. The same motivation to take a straight character and say, or an ambiguous character and say, well, what if we make them, you know, uh, gay? Um, someone could sim- similarly take, well, I don't like that this character is trans, so I'm going to write fan fiction where they're not trans, right? So I'm going to, you know, uh, and you can see how that's that's kind of upsetting, right? <laughs> or the example I'm thinking of, uh, so this this might be a little bit, uh, uh, you know, squicky for some folks. Uh, one of my favorite comics that I read is called Litterbox Comics. It's a cute little, I don't know if you guys have seen it before. It's a, a cute little furry comic. And it's a mother who, like, draws uh, 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 her, her her family as cats. And it's really, really adorable, very wholesome. Go check it out. Um, but what's upsetting to me, you know, as a, as a huge fan of this, is, like, people will do fan-made comics, but the characters will act, like, horribly inappropriate, or they'll act, like, you know, really violent. And I'm like, these aren't just characters that a person came up with. Like these are stand-ins for real people. Like this is a, a this isn't just like oh Simba from the Lion King is a is an abstract you know character. This is this is supposed to be someone in their family, and there's something kind of distasteful to me about like oh you're you're you know oh you're gonna draw a comic where she cheats on her husband or something. That's that's a real person. That's kind of yeah. And you might be able to think of other examples of when fan fiction kind of you know goes wrong or or fan stuff kind of uh takes it in a negative direction well but that's the beauty of 
the whole the a fan fiction in a whole is you know that's people come up with what they come up with and that's you know like it or hate it it is what it is and that yeah some of it and that's kind of the thing it's it's a perspective thing really you know what but you're just it's you're just not into it but that doesn't mean somebody else isn't well and that goes with since we're on kind of fan fiction and stuff like that is there is plenty of stuff that is written that I wouldn't read well even though it's in my you know my wheelhouse my my fandom that I'm reading at that time or whatever there is plenty of stuff that I'm like yeah uh, you know it's good and it's great but it's not my it's not my cup it's of not tea my thing, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and there's definitely always going to be a line of of people who will say well, I don't like what you did with those characters. You've done it wrong, and we'll do it a different way, or vi- you know, vice versa. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with with that if you want to do it a different way. Um, again, it it comes down to when the fans. A lot of the things I see that I really don't understand is when the fans are attacking each other for liking something a certain way. Um, when they're like, well, why do you like that character? That character is blah, blah, blah. You know, they're X, Y, and Z, and they're a terrible person, and da, da, da. And it's like, well, you know, I I understand this in a different way because I've, you know, maybe they've experienced something similar in their life or they've gone through something or know somebody who's gone through something similar, and so they can understand it in a different perspective. Um, well, that's kind of another, I mean, not necessarily a good way, but another way to tie it to the fandom is, you know, the amount of gatekeeping that goes on is is something that does occur in the fandom and in fanfic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I... I will I will point this out. So th- there's a recent thing that just recently happened where somebody drew a comic and you know he had he had set up a bunch of different panels and he released one a day and a lot of people did not like the ending at all and was so upset there was a great big huge uproar because people got so involved in this particular comic and they didn't like the way that it ended up ending. And mm, so they wrote different endings. And so, well, the, you're right. It's a little bit different. There's some people that, that did write their ending. Like they said, this is the way that it should end. Or you need to redraw the, this particular bit. Because I think that what happens sometimes is people, when you're, when you're involved in a story or you're watching journey, you're going on this journey with these characters. In some way or form, you grow this particular connection. So I can understand why people get super close to um, to these characters and want to create a a different type of world. But so I don't know. So, sometimes maybe maybe I'm just going off the beating path of what we're talking about. But sometimes I just feel like that um, people tend to paint. Um, 
you know, the original creators in a corner and say, no, this story cannot end this way because, you know, that that's not how I want it to end. And it, it's like, but I don't know. I, I, I think that sometimes we just need to not like take a step back and realize that people have their own stories. And if, if people make a fan story and you don't like it, it's okay. <laughs> you know, that they wrote a story. At least they did something. And I think that when people get in these arguments of, you know, like the type of content content and, you know, yelling at somebody else or, you know, posting things on Twitter and creating all this hate based upon what somebody has created, like, I don't know. I think that some people need to go touch grass and maybe take a chill pill or something. Well, so to, to give some historical precedent for this, I, I might get some of the details wrong, so forgive me on this for people who, who are listening who know this better than I do. Um, if I recall correctly, the original Sherlock Holmes stories, uh, by Sir Arthur Conan, Conan Doyle, he initially killed off Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes actually died. He, he and Moriarty were fighting by the Rickenbacker Falls, I think, and, and they, they, they fell in, and it was supposed to be, basically, this was the death of Sherlock Holmes. And fans at the time, this was in like the 1800s, right? So this is hundreds of years, you know, like, or I guess, yeah, more than 200 years ago. Um, fans at the time could not handle, they were not prepared for the fact that like Sherlock Holmes had died here. They didn't want, they wanted more. And essentially what followed next was like two years, I think it was some amount of time where uh, Doyle was like harangued by fans. Like, no, you have to do more. You have to change the ending. And he finally kind of caved in and he actually kind of, found a way to bring Holmes back from this. And I didn't actually die. And um, it's kind of an example of, you know, how, 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 again, does a, does a, a content creator not have the right to, to end the series how they want to, <laughs> uh, especially in the face of a lot of fans who might dislike it. And I guess maybe if you want to talk about what good can come from uh, fan fiction, you guys have kind of alluded to it already. You can create the ending you want from a from a creator, right? So if a creator ends the show the way you didn't like it, you can make your own. Uh, for people like me, Firefly fans who never got an ending <laughs> to the series, uh, you know, there there's something appealing to the idea. Well, at least someone probably wrote a pretty good ending out there that I can read and at least get some sense of closure out of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I'm gonna I'm gonna flip this a little bit because we're talking about like the fans of the show or the fans of a of a content who are already, who already know the content and understand the content and that I have had many a time where being on Twitter or, you know, whatever social media or platform. And I have found fan art and things of content that I don't know. So, I will find the content, you know, find the art and be like, wow, these are really cool characters or, you know, read a little bit about it and then be like, wow, this actually looks like a really good show or, you know, something to listen to. And it also serves a purpose to actually find it kind of lets, you know, it, it broadens the horizon for more people to find it, <laughs> which then had... brings Sorry. more people into it, which then will hopefully allow more content to be created. Yeah. 
I just had something pop into my head. Oh, no. For some reason. (laughs) You know, when we asked for stories for the Halloween episode, most of those stories basically ended up being fanfic about us. They're fanfiction of us, yeah. (laughs) Oh, no! (laughs) I was actually thinking that from the very beginning. I was like, huh. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so okay, so here, here's a, here's a question then. So I'm gonna, I'm going to throw a question at you. So let's say Rue, someone writes a fan fiction about about Rue, right? Uh, and it goes in a really dark direction. Like it goes in a direction where Rue becomes a Nazi and a fascist and ends up like you know like does this horrible thing that's just like complete. Like you're just like, oh my god, what the hell? Does he right? still eat As, cookies? Does he still? Nah. Eat... <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah, and and he, and he hates cookies, right? He has a, <gasps> a heel turn and he hates cookies and he becomes no. a fascist, right? <laughs> <laughs> and my question is, as the, 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 you know, the person who sort of created Rue and stuff, A, do you, do you really have any sort of control over this? You know, and, and B, like, what, what do you do, right? If someone is taking a thing that you created and doing something, like, completely out of sorts with it. Like, something just like, oh, man. Like, and again, it's not, it's, practically speaking, I don't think there's much you can do. But you can just imagine, like, like what's, what kind of headspace as a content creator are you in when you see that this is what people have done with your work? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely see it, um, mm. and I I understand where uh, that would be extremely frustrating. I think that at that point you just say, "Hey, I do not, you know, I I don't like this." You could say that if you wanted to, like, uh, put your point out there, say, "Hey, I'm not." Um, I don't condone this. Th- yeah. I don't condone this type thing, and um, request that it gets taken down, and you know that that's one way that you could go about it or you know sometimes when you see things like that you just ignore it and just let it you know fall Avoid into the Streisand the, effect <laughs> yeah fall fall into the abyss because if you point at it and be like i yeah. don't like this then it can blow up and become People even more popular see what it is yeah so sometimes it's better just to ignore it so i don't know i i think that it's one of those situations that there's not a pure this is the right answer because every situation is going to be a little bit different from each other um and and there are people that create distasteful content that you know that i'm sure the authors don't necessarily like i mean like for example i'm sure that you know the creator of dora the explorer does not like rule 34 of dora just using the I thought you were going to be like, oh, they don't like the movie that was made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that... But that that's an agreeance about all of us. Yeah. Nobody. Li- I'm just kidding. I haven't <laughs> seen it, so I don't know. To, to go in a, in a slightly different, in a related direction, but slightly different. Uh, I'm kind of curious, especially because Sammy's kind of a connoisseur of, uh, of fan fiction here. Oh, uh, and, I, and to some extent, I think a lot of furries are connoisseurs of fan made content. Uh, I want to sort of talk about what makes... What makes it good? Like, what makes for good fan made content, and what makes for bad fan made content? So, for example, I'll start with one of my pet peeves. I always get really cranky when I read fan fiction or I see like a, a fan art of a character or whatever, and it completely violates or breaks some established rule in the canon. For, for so, my 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 uh, My Little Pony again. Mm-hmm. The the Alicorn princesses are like these revered characters. They're only the four princesses in the universe. 
And then when I see someone who creates like a character who's like, oh, this is my character and they're a princess. I'm like, no, you fools. There are only four princesses. There can only be four. Yes. And so it's super minor, but I don't think they shouldn't be allowed to do it, of course. But for me, that's when it crosses over into like bad fan. Like to me, like, oh, this is, this is crap. This is cringy. Just because like, ah, that to me is something that's like nails on a chalkboard to me. I don't know if you have stuff like that. That's either like, oh, this makes it really good. Or, oh God, this is a pet peeve of mine that I hate when people do this. Um, a lot of the times for me when it's that kind of stuff is when a lot of it's like if they're changing the personalities of the characters too much. Uh, Oh, that's not how that character would act. Yeah. I mean, there are points where it's going to be, you know, you're wanting, you're still wanting the character to grow and you want them to go through these growths. But if it's just flat out, well, he's a nice, you know, they're they're a nice guy in the show, and then in the story, he's just a complete asshole for whatever reason. That kind of thing is is it strains like, credulity too much. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I struggle a lot with for some things, and this is more of a fan fiction thing, is there's a lot of what is what's the word alternate timeline not alternate uh, timeline but alternate, you know, a lot of alternate universe yeah and sometimes sometimes they're really good and they're 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 done really well but other times it's just well i don't want to you know it's it's more of a i don't want to write them in that world so i'm just going to write them in in this world so i can just do what i want which that's fine go for it but those are things that i'm typically not going to read i like it to be just within, kills it for you yeah, you know, I I want it to be within the universe in some way, but that's that's a personal preference. Right. Well, that's kind of, you know, my thing, you know, and I, a personal opinion again, you know, good good fan fiction actually sticks within the bounds of canon. If something mm-hmm. has been established canonically, then you you know, don't don't change it a lot anyway. But yeah, you know, if if you're a good creator of of fan-made material in my opinion, you know, you'll stick to the the facts of canon and expand on it, not just change it completely. Yeah. So, I don't know if any of do any of you guys watch Bob's Burgers? Yes. Yeah. So there is an episode, the Equestronauts episode. <laughs> it's so good. I knew, how did I know you were going there? <laughs> because it's the same thing. I mean, because Tina's trying, they're trying to get into like this group of adult Equestronaut fans because Tina's wanting, you know, her po- her to- her her pony back, her horse back. So she's trying to teach Bob the the canon the canon of the show, what the show is about, and the characters and all of this. And in amongst all the papers she has, she's mixed in fan fiction that's <laughs> that's not part of it. So at one point in the show, Bob's trying to show you know how much he knows the show, how much he loves the show, so these guys will like trust him and whatever. And he starts going off on. 
Tina's fan fiction. The fan fiction, <laughs> and Tina's in the background yelling, not canonical, not canonical. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like all I can think of in my head is just, it's not canonical. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, that was just a tangent. No, I love. I, 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 I mean, I think fans. I mean, I, I think to the, uh, the the whole debate about from the new Star Wars uh, uh, films is Rhea Mary Sue. For those who aren't familiar, Mary, a Mary Sue character is like someone writes in a character who's supposed to you know represent themselves, but like oh, it's like oh, I show up on the Enterprise, but also I'm the smartest cadet that ever lived. I'm also related to the great James Kirk, and I'm. Uh, I, I can run every station, and I'm super smart, and I got the highest scores in the academy, and I'm perfect in every way. That's a Mary Sue character, and I know that a lot of fans didn't like the character of Ray because they thought that she was. The argument was that oh, she's a Mary Sue character. I think it's debatable. I think you know you can push back against that, but I think that a lot of the reason why fans might not have liked the character of Ray was this belief that oh, she sounds too much like a a badly written fan fiction character. Like I, my Jedi character is actually all of these things. And yeah. Yeah. Well, I can, I can see the argument for that. Cause that's, I mean, that's in my mind, pretty accurate, you know, just this character that comes out of nowhere and all of a sudden can do everything. And yeah. I, I was just going to say that. I think it just sounds so fringe. It's like, ah, my character that I created X amount of years ago that has all these special things, they ah, they are going to be a better Jedi than the one that they created. <laughs> like that's that's how I feel about it. Like <laughs> I'm gonna tell the story and you are well within your rights to to judge me or make fun of me for this or whatever. Uh one of my worst experiences at a furry convention was at a brony panel. I won't say which one or at which convention because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings if for whatever reason they were at that panel. Um, but I went. I was really excited. This was one of my first brony panels early on when I was a brony. And I like, this is great. I'm going to meet other bronies. And I thought we're going to like talk about the show and we're going to nerd out about all the stuff we love about it. And what it actually turned into was an hour of people going around the room talking about their OCs. Oh, empathy. Yeah. And oh, I'm like this. I, I I have never been to a brony panel since. <laughs> it sounds like a beginner's furry meet. I'm <laughs> like, this is the absolute. Yeah, it's like my my OC is this and this, and they have this power. And they're like, oh, my God, I don't care. <laughs> well, a lot of. They're an It's alicorn. funny because it's not just my little pony. Actually, a lot of. A lot of the external fandom panels that I've seen or been to at furry conventions really devolve into that. Oh, God. Oh, no. So there was uh, once upon a time... I've shared this story on the podcast, so I apologize if I'm sharing this again, but I had this Pokemon furry that I was talking to, and he's like, I'm the greatest thing in the world. I can shoot fire. I can shoot lightning bolts. I can do this. And what can you do? You're just a fox. And then I just was like, well, um, I can pee fire. And since then, Rue could pee fire. So, (laughs) 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 yeah. So, anywho, I've been in those conversations before where um, you have this new furry that is super excited that wants to share. 
and and I like hearing it, you know, but there are some times that it's like, oh my goodness, I do not need to know about your parents, like your persona's parents yeah. or their siblings or the backstory. Oh my gosh, I've been here for an hour. I start looking at my watch and I'm like, I'm just a fox. That's that's what I am. I like cookies. There you go. You know what Rue is. <laughs> Speak, speaking of looking at your watch, we should probably uh, take a, another break here. Yeah, we're starting to run uh, uh, a little long. I think Voss is yelling from his booth. I don't know. I can't hear him. He's anything. in there screaming, I just, but I can't hear him. I, yeah, I, can't. I can just, you know, he's just I thought we cut the oxygen everywhere. supply off in there. Wait, yeah. wait, do I hear, do I hear non-canonical? And there was fire everywhere. Blood and fire. Oh, we're back. Sorry. Hi. Damn it, Rue. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Sorry, I had to go to the restroom. Well, while, we're, <laughs> while you were in the restroom, you know what we did? We rigged up this little button here. When I push this button, you know what's going to happen, Rue? Um, my oh. ears are going to bleed? Let's find <laughs> out. Uh. Oh, God, no. There it is. I'm it's bleeding. worked. Yes. No. I'm done. Oh, you know what that glorious sound <laughs> means. It's time to read the Patreon, the Patreons while Rue weeps in the background. This is non-canonical. <laughs> <laughs> but these Patreons, thankfully, are canonical. Our lovely Patreons like Anthalo, Ashton Ellingham, some douche named Nuka, Mestif- Me- Mephistopheles, Lufus the Raccoon, Black Bald Rick, Rifka, Tenax, Plug, Bubble Whip, Chapagriff, Aussie K, Ligris, Mangex 3, Victor Mutt, Tyre 52, and Ichigo Okami. How, how you doing, Ru? How you doing? He's okay. He's just twitching over there. I'm done. I think he'll be fine. <laughs> I'm done. Is he, su- is he supposed to be frothing at the mouth like that? Uh, yeah, that's normal. <laughs> okay, okay. <sighs> Oh hi! Well, I'm back now. I think as we 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 finish those Patreon uh, Patreon reads, I think we should also uh, finish up on this topic with some final thoughts. So, uh, what do you all think about uh, this topic, uh, Rue? You had a lot to say. What What are your final thoughts? Uh, you know, for for my final thoughts, I I just I honestly I'm okay with people creating their own content and. And doing whatever they want for with these particular characters. That's if that's what gets your 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 rocks off, then go for it. You know, if that's what you want, you enjoy in life, do it. Um, if you just enjoy consuming regular content that comes out, then that's fine as well. Just you know, I that I know that that my my opinion is very bland, but there you go. That's my opinion. Just do you and enjoy 
creating what you want to create and consume what media you want to to consume, even if it's canon or non-canon. Just don't fight each other because it's not the same exact idea that you had in your mind. I don't know. All right, Sam. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm basically on the same page as Rue. I mean, I am a a connoisseur of non-canonical <laughs> content. Now, I I love fan content. It's great. I that's how I've met many people is through those those communities and and that. Some of my best friends. Some are fan of my content. best friends are non-canonical. <laughs> but yeah it's it's fun there's no harm in it it's it's only when you do have the fringe people that unfortunately do take things further than they need to when they're going after the creators for certain things and and that kind of stuff and that i don't approve of but you know, if you want to write that fan fiction, write that fan fiction. You want to make that spicy fan art, make that spicy fan art. You know, if you want Halson in his owlbear form fucking your Tav character, go for it. Like, have fun with it. What's it's, it's there, and not all of us are good at, at creating our own you know, our own worlds from nothing. So having something to base it off of can can really help. So, yeah, have fun with it, but be kind to each other while you do it. Click. <clears throat> I actually love fan content. No, I, you know... There's a lot of very talented people. There's a lot of very gifted writers out there that are untapped. Um, you know, th- people will come up with things that I will never think of. So I enjoy the fact that they can expand on the actual canon of any specific subject. You know, I just I appreciate the creativity of people. And the things that some people come up with is extremely fascinating and wonderful. Yes. What about you, Nuka? And I guess, I guess at least me. Um, yeah, I suppose my I have two thoughts. One is if you're a My Little Pony fan, absolutely read Followed Equestria. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, and uh, or if you're a Followed fan, read My Little Pony, uh, Followed Equestria. Um, no, if, uh, I guess the second thing would be, I'd be a, a horrible hypocrite if I spoke out against fan fiction, given that, uh, the character of Nuka was originally stolen from a webcomic. So, uh, shamelessly stolen when I was like 14. So, um, yeah, if I, if I was against fan made content and building off of and spinning off of other people's ideas, uh, yeah, I, I would not have an identity in this fandom. So, Yeah. Are you born off of those video game cat characters? No, no, no. It was a webcomic. Yeah, well, that was a webcomic. This was, this was not VG Cats, no. Oh, that's no. what I was going to say. <laughs> VG Cats, thank no. you for catching that. No, it was a, it was, it was a, a webcomic that was a fan webcomic based on characters from Pokemon, Mewtwo-type characters. 
So it, yeah. Anyway. Uh, well, awesome. So do do we have anything in the mailbag? I know every time we check, we we have basically nothing. Is there anything this we time? We do. We oh, got my some goodness. stuff. We got some oh my God. emails. Is it just junk mail or is it it's actual, actual emails? Email. I mean, holy crap! You know, I filtered the junk. I think, but these are emails. Yep, these are canon <laughs> emails. So we've just got a couple emails here. I'll start us off and I'll read the first one. All right. All right. It says, greetings from Long Island cast of For What It's Worth. I am Citrus the Fox, a fairly new listener to the show, and I fully enjoyed what I've listened to. I just would like to thank you for lightening up my mood during some awkward times in my life and for making my shifts at work more enjoyable. Even in the rather brief time, I've started listening to your show. So, well, thank you, Citrus. We love to hear that new folks and they sent some adorable are, are finding. That's, the pictures are for the next one. Um, oh, are they? Okay, never mind. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. But no, Apologies. we appreciate the new... Sorry. We <laughs> we appreciate new listeners and knowing that people are finding us and we're glad that we're making your shifts and day to day a little bit more fun. If you like the episodes, you obviously haven't been listening to the ones that I've been. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Citrus, right. I really appreciate the email. Thank you very much for reaching out to us. We love hearing back from you guys, so please continue to send uh, these lovely emails. It, it helps us to give us that, that little boost of, like, that we're doing something correct. <laughs> and uh, we got a second one here. Uh, I'm going to guess at how the name is pronounced. I think it's Kiwi. K-I-U-I. I'm guessing yeah. it's Kiwi. Kiwi, uh, yeah. Especially since uh, since they're from New Zealand. So I'm going to guess Kiwi. I apologize, and you can yell at me if, uh, if I got that wrong. So, <clears throat> hi, for what it's worth, crew. My name is Kiwi. I work in plant research. I'm a 22-year-old cat from New Zealand. Cat representing. Uh, I submitted an email back in June, but I guess it got lost in the mailbox over the summer break. Sorry in advance uh, that this is so long. Our apologies for taking so long to get back to it. Uh, I've been listening to the backlog of episodes for a few months now. Listening to you guys makes the work days go by a lot quicker, so I'm glad you're back and posting again. I feel like we exist to help people make people's work shifts go by faster. <laughs> uh, I bought a VR headset a while back, and I've been having an absolute blast with it. I don't know any furries in real life, so hanging out and interacting with other furries as if we're sitting in the same room is a dream come true. I have a few topic ideas that I think could make for interesting episodes, assuming that they haven't been done already. Uh, one, an episode on commissioning furry art. How to set up and advertise your own commissions, time manage, make sure you don't get scammed, and what are the appropriate etiquettes around making and buying commissions? Uh, two, another furry game show and quiz. Ask each other questions about the furry fandom or how well you know each other's personas, similar to the live show you just did. Uh, and three, a deep dive into AI art. Why is it so controversial? How does it work? What are the legalities? And when is it okay? Or is it ever okay to use it? I've also attached a few images of my sonas that I drew below. They are absolutely adorable, and I love them. Uh, thank you for keeping my ear holes happy. Your podcast <laughs> is amazing, and I hope it continues to grow. Well, thank you very much. Um, yes, so those ideas here. I know that uh, we've 
we we the AI episode is coming. At some point, we will do it. Uh, it's, one yeah. day <laughs> when we feel we can tackle that topic, because that's a big one. Yeah. Every, every time we, we do a production meeting to decide on the episodes, uh, we, we keep coming back to the A1, and it's like, are we ready yet? And it's like, put it back in the <laughs> oven for a few more minutes. You got to let it let that one bake a little longer before we're ready to yeah. tackle that one. And um, We did. I also love the idea of the game yeah, show one. Yeah, that's cute. <laughs> We should do another live stream one like that. That sounds fun. How well do you know each other's personas? Ooh. Oh, God. oh boy! Mm. And the commissioning art we what did. What was what was Sammy's first persona? Ah! No, yeah, we did. Know we that. did a commissioning art one yeah. recently. Yeah, didn't yeah, we, we did. Yeah. Yes, that one has been and out. That one is yeah. out, so you might just not have gotten to that one yet. And yeah, the art is adorable, and I love the little plushy. The, the plushy is adorable. Yeah. I love him. Ten out of 10 I am also buy. partial to plushies. So, well, I'm glad that you are happy to keep your. I mean, I'm happy that we're ha- making your ear holes happy. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, that was a journey. <laughs> you got. You got there. We got there. It took a minute. <laughs> Speaking of taking a minute, I, I I need each of you to sit down, and please cross your arms and. Join together, maybe maybe hold each other's hands as we talk about housekeeping. Woo! That's not that's cross, not my hand. Cross. How do I cross my arms yeah, and hold somebody's like hand? Like you can cross your arms and then hold each other's hands at the same time. It's like a it's like a hug. <laughs> it's like a straitjacket hug. It's great. I don't understand what's going on. Oh God. Anyways, uh. it's housekeeping time. Hey everybody, we have a website. It's for what it's worth.com. Go ahead and visit it and comment it on it if it has the ability to comment. And uh, yeah, it makes it look like it helps the lovely algorithms. So please visit our website at for what it's worth.com. Sammy has worked very hard on it. Um, also, we have Twitter, Blue Sky, Mastodon, and Facebook at for what it's worth.com. We also have a Telegram channel. So please, if you want to join us, you could send a good old message to Rue at ForWhatIt'sWorth.com. And then, of course, we have our email, which is cast at ForWhatIt'sWorth.com. Or we have our individual emails, which is Rue at ForWhatIt'sWorth.com, Click at ForWhatIt'sWorth.com, Voss at ForWhatIt'sWorth.com, Sammy at ForWhatIt'sWorth.com, or Nuka at ForWhatIt'sWorth.com. Uh, we also have SpeakPipe, which is speakpipe.com slash for what it's or FWIW. So once again, speakpipe.com slash FWIW. Um, those are that's for basically if you want to send a message to us that you want to be included on the show, but you don't want to send it an email. So feel feel free to go ahead and send us a message there. We also have good old patron at patron.com. We appreciate all of you that support the show. Um, honestly, that's what helps pay the bills and makes it so that we can we can get new things. One of the number one things that people have been talking about is Nuka's mic needs to sound better. So that's something that we're definitely working on trying to raise funds for. Um, <clears throat> please feel free to tell a friend about our show. We don't do a lot in marketing. So if you see an episode that you're like, wow, this would be really good for so-and-so to listen to. Please feel free to forward that along to your friends. And once again, 
we highly, highly appreciate all of the emails that was sent in for this particular episode. It really does help our our show. Um, speaking of we which, kind of, I just realized we had like a fruit based one. It was citrus and kiwi were the two people who submitted. <laughs> nice. And if there's something you want us to read on the show or say on the show, please email us. Um, that's going to be the best way to get that on there. Uh, we won't be pulling things off of like DMs or anything like that. So speaking of which, um, what is the next episode that we would like to receive emails about? So it looks like our next episode is going to be about furry nostalgia. This one's going to be kind of a, a different one from what we typically do. Um, in looking through some of my recent data, I discovered that there were certain times, certain years where furries were much more likely to join the fandom. And so I want to take a deep dive into what happened during those years. Can we piece together the mystery of what, you know, what happened back in 2012 that might have caused furries to join ooh, the fandom ooh, in droves? Ooh. And while we're going through I know that one. While we're going through <laughs> that. Well, hold, hold that thought. Uh, but yeah, so uh, we'll go through, we'll sort of piece together. Here's what was going on in the world at the time, in the fandom at the time, and uh, along the way. Hopefully have a, a little journey down uh, memory lane. So we're going to have Grey Muzzle cast again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, furry nostalgia. Back in my day. <laughs> well, actually, I, I think this is a good opportunity for younger furries who, are, who might be listening. Um, you know, uh, let us know, you know, what, what, what got you into the fans and what was happening in the fandom when you joined? Because I think it's kind of neat to hear about, like, what were the artists who were popular? What were the, the, the things that were popular at the time when you joined? Uh, because they're probably going to be very different from, from what was popular or what was going on when we joined the event. So, we would like to hear from you. So please send us an email at castupforwhatitsworth.com um, talking about furry nostalgia and when you join the family. So, this has been Rue and Sammy. And click. Non-canonical! And boss, the god tier, my cannon can beat up your cannon. <laughs> and this has been <laughs> for what it's non canonical. <laughs>